When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Everybody, welcome to another episode of After Impact. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am joined by none other than the doctor of finesse. Ness, Ness. <laughs> I had to do it for real. Uh, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Jay Shetty. This man, this man. He was rad, dude. I really enjoyed my time with Jay. Oh, uh, man, I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I, I can't believe the nuggets that you guys got out of that interview. Just both of you, just going back and forth. Dude, that that guy is just, yeah, he's he's super legit. His uh-huh. content is amazing. And can we talk about those dreamy eyes? Yeah. <laughs> it literally, I was watching it. I was like, I want to punch this kid in the face. <laughs> yes. Like, it's not fair. Yes. It is not fair. And when you watch, when you watch the actual interview uh, on YouTube, on your, on your page... Uh, and you look at the close-up shot, it's just unbelievable. I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm transfixed. Right. And not even like going off and imagining things. I could hear everything he's saying because right. I'm mesmerized by just those eyes. There's, yep. uh, besides uh, the juxtaposition of the light and, and the tan skin, it's the, uh, the intensity behind it. And not even just the intensity, because I, I don't want to make it sound like, it's, um, like he's an intense person. But there's just something. There's character behind those eyes. He's also got like anime eyes. Yeah. They're fucking big. Anime eyes. Like he's got big eyes. And I was like, <laughs> I, I have like these little underdeveloped eyes. And I'm That's all amazing. like mad with jealousy over there. Like this That's kid. That's amazing. Yeah. This kid. Yeah. No. He, A, yeah. Just his, his insights are powerful. I love that he's taken a totally like atypical path to where he's at today. Um, and he's a great example of what I always tell people when they're like, Hey, I want to be an influencer or I want to be a motivational speaker or whatever. What do I do? 
um, shave your head and go be a monk, mm. right? And not mm. that, like it could be, um, go be a consultant at McKinsey for 10 years or um, go work in the wilderness and come back. Go get good at something. Like go get good, be changed by an experience. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm able to do what I do, to have built businesses, to you know be able to do the Q and A's and stuff that I do is because I spent almost 20 years just doing shit for the purpose of winning at that thing, right? Not thinking, oh, one day I'm going to, that YouTube's gonna become a thing. Like, I just wanted to be a great filmmaker. To be that, I had to become great at controlling the resources to do that. I had to become great at being an entrepreneur. And so it's like, all those things were just meant to facilitate me being good at things. And all of my answers to people's questions echo out of that. And you can feel that with Jay. It's just like, he, it's, it's his experience mm. that he's bringing to the table. It's not just like intellectual knowledge. He's got the visceral knowledge of experience. So uh, I think that so much is born of just the weird life that he's lived. You know, it's funny. A lot of times when I pitch a guest to you, um, or even when people pitch guests to me, but I, uh, I got this from you for sure. Uh, one of the first questions you always ask is, what's their experience? And I started listening. And I remember in the beginning, I would list their credits. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. But what's their experience? Mm -hmm. What type of a life have they lived? What have they gone through? And what's got them, gotten them to this point? More than just what they do. And uh, Jay Shetty, for sure, definitely uh, fits that mold. I mean, this guy wanted to be enlightened. He wanted to find a way to relax the mind, but, but get a powerful mindset and being able, be able to do something uh, with what he heard from the, the monk he met. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to continue being a friend with this monk and I'm going to learn, read about monks, he's like, no, I'm going to get the experience. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go and do it. And how many people can say they've gone and took a chance at being a monk for a bit? That's insane. Like, well, what, I mean, you just kind of summed it up, but I wanted you to, to further elaborate on what he did actually physically going out there and becoming a monk. Their, like, experience... You can really get close to approximating things by looking at other people, what you know about your own experience by going, okay, well, if I felt this way in this scenario, I'd probably feel that way in that scenario. And that is very, very powerful. I'm not downplaying that. But there really is no substitute for experience. And if I could you know, live in the matrix and download experience the way that we can download a book or something, that would be preferable every time. To have those subtle, nuanced experiences like, if you and I were on a panel and it was like, um, pick the one of these two people is telling the truth and one of them is lying. Mm -hmm. And they said one of them, you know, is a father and one's not. And we had to convince people like who's who. <laughs> I would be really convincing, dude. Uh -huh. But I know that there is a subtlety of experience that you have that I don't. And there's like there's just parts of the experience that really, truly are like ineffable. You'd have just a really hard time. You'd be able to give me the language so I could pare back the language, but then if I were to actually live it, I'd be like, only a poem will do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Meaning that like the normal ways we use language are not able to capture the emotional truth of this experience. So that in Jay going out and actually becoming a monk, he's like getting into that poetry depth where mm -hmm. it's like the experience is so complete and life-altering and changing literally his thought patterns, which thusly changed the composition of his brain, it's like you, there's no way in a single question to answer that, which is why people that have experienced something 
they can do what I'll call the endless Q&A because you can ask them the same question from a thousand different angles to ply out all this nuance, whereas somebody who's a novice and they're trying to fake it, and this is like um, a thing that you see in the life coaching business where they've never done anything. They're like 21, 22, and they're trying to be a life coach. And I'm not saying they, they don't have anything to offer because maybe they're really good at inferring from reading and talking to other people, but they're not going to be able to take you into the poetry depths. Mm -hmm. So that's where like, I think Jay's real power comes from is a, he, he, and don't take this literally, but he is a poet, right? So he knows how to really milk the most out of the language, but then he's got experience. And so he can give you all those nuanced answers. And I don't think I finished my thought about the life coaches today. They, their answers are very thin. So they can give you a compelling answer once, maybe twice, but on questions four, five, and six, let alone 78, 150, it's like there's, there's nothing left for them to do other than repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. And so one of the great joys that I have doing the AMA is I'm always trying to give a new flavor, a new take, a new bit of nuance, even though I really only get asked like the same 42 questions mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over, right? So. Yeah. I like that. Uh, they, you know, they can't take you into the poetry depths. I'm actually going to use that when I pass on somebody. I mean, it's always it's one of those things to, to pass. I mean, there are a lot of people who do want to come on this show. And going back to what I said about the experience, um, every no I provide uh, still kind of hurts me. Yeah. It's weird. But at the same time, I know it's going to harden them. It's only going to make them better. Uh, I get told no all the time trying to get people on this show. So right. there's uh, it's nothing personal. But I, I may have to steal the line. Um, uh, you're not going to take us to the poetry <laughs> They might be mortified by that. It's poetic. They're going to be like, I can't go. To, I'll show them poetry. Like open mic night, like every night for the next 12 years. Like, fuck these guys. I'm Mr. Poetry over here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm going to jump to the last thing that Jay uh, talked about. Uh, and it's great because uh, you guys are on the same page when it comes to this. And I love what you guys are doing. Uh, you asked Jay what the impact on the world, what his impact in the world is going to be and what he wants it to be. And he says he wants uh, wisdom to go viral. He wants wisdom to go viral. That, to me, that's one of the most amazing things I've ever heard uh, that resonates with what you say. And I, you know, I, I want to dive in with that because it's one of those things that, yeah, there's a lot of educational programming, but media on the main scale, even news now, uh, it's, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, all, all that type of, you know, and mm. sensationalism. Um, there's just a lot of, I don't want to use the word fluff, but uh, there's, there's nothing out there really that's just trying to spread education, like a big, broad purpose. For, for what we're doing here, uh, that could be a huge advantage to us because the studio that you're building... Uh, that's what we could work towards. I'm sorry, Dr. Fence. Did you mean that we're building? Yes, I'm sorry. The studio that we're building, yes. Uh, it, you know, it gives us the leg up and what we're working towards. But what is it about wisdom and uh, the variety of wisdom and spreading some type of education and empowerment? Why isn't the world pushing that? What is it about the world and, and, and what can we do to change that? So I think that their virality is what happens when something leverages the, the most facile instincts and impulses that we have as a human. So it's the easy stuff. It's the, if it bleeds, it leads. 
is a thing for a reason, right? So we have an amygdala. It's just um, right above our brainstem. So it's like the most primitive structure that we have in our brain. And it's designed to keep us alive, right? It's what they call the lizard brain. So um, if we know that like from our evolutionary past, this is the thing, this is the very reason that we've made it to where we are because we have an instinct for survival. Mm -hmm. Then if you can tap into that, I mean, that's powerful. And that's why like for better or worse, we do pay attention to bad news more than good, okay? So that's one of a whole host of things mm -hmm. that people that are going for virality go for. Um, also, like the little trickle of dopamine followed by the opiate-like response mm. when you get it. So this is like Reddit to me is the perfect fucking thing. So it's like you've got that seeking. Jay talks about it in the episode. You've got the seek and the find. Seek and find. Seek and find. So dopamine is actually um, anticipation. So people think of it as reward. This is why cocaine, cocaine is so dangerous because it, it triggers like every dopamine receptor you have it just goes bananas so you're pouring dopamine into the system now dopamine makes you feel great because you're like something amazing is about to happen but the amazing thing never comes so you always want like most people will say anticipating the thing is actually better than getting the thing itself which okay, is yeah. why things that trigger anticipation are the most addictive and i don't know if you know the rat studies but they put these electrodes in rat brains and a mother rat could go um, stimulate herself or feed herself. So basically she could trigger anticipation or actual reward. And she would trigger the fucking anticipation wow. till her pups died, till she died. They would just sit there, boom, 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 and hit that thing. It, it's bananas. That's crazy. So that like, people that understand virality understand all of that. So Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like they're all... Like they get neurochemistry, mm -hmm. they get anticipation and reward, like, and they get variable reward. I mean, just like all that stuff, they get it. So now we have to find a way to make something that's more elevated go viral. So yeah. the question becomes, is it possible? I'm not entirely sure. It's very similar though to the problem that we have to solve, which is how do you make empowerment entertaining enough that people crave it, they go after it, they want it, even though at the heart of it is something that's, that's true and real and empowering and hopefully will change the way that they think. So look, he's got a tall order before him to figure out how you use our base instincts for good because most of our base instincts are about survival and they're about like neurochemical anticipation and reward. So um, I don't think it's going to be simple to solve that. I don't think it's going to be easy for us. Um, like I, what I think about ours is multi-generational and layering brick on brick on brick. So rather than thinking, oh, there's a magic movie or a magic TV show or a comic book that we can give to somebody and it's just this radical alteration, I think it's, it's, the, it's exactly my, my holy grail is to create for empowerment what Black Panther did for representation. Mm. For both mm -hmm. blacks and women, by the way. Yeah. It's been incredibly empowering for women as well. Very. And so that was, the movie is just entertaining. And there are kids, in fact, I want to know if you agree with this. There are kids that are going to watch that movie and not think of it as a big deal. Yeah. They'll just dig it. Yeah, exactly. And so, true. And for those people, it's the greatest. Because mm. they just, now for them, it's like, well, of course women can be the most intelligent scientists in a society. I, I saw it in Black Panther, right? Yeah, so they, yeah. they don't even, like, yeah. when a girl in their class says, oh, I want to be a scientist, they're like, that makes sense, yeah. right? Because it's just like, 
it, their world, you're catching them at a time where their assumptions about the world aren't formed. Mm -hmm. And so everything they see solidifies those assumptions. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, while I don't like the political nature of things like representation and all of that, the truth of it is so terrifying that like to not address it is to fuck the world, yeah. like legitimately. Yeah. Like you can really fuck with people by the things that they encounter as a kid and the assumptions that they make about how the world works. Yeah. And then unraveling that is a nightmare. Far better to just build it right, which is why I know that dealing in with kids entertainment is gonna be a huge part of what we do. But to just wrap all that up, like the holy grail for me, rather than necessarily being virality is base assumptions. I wanna hit people at their base assumptions. I wanna tell them a story, it's about empowerment, and just, I, I know that what they see they will assimilate as true, period. Yeah. They will just assimilate it as true. Women can be smart scientists. They don't think about it. They don't think they're assimilating anything. Yeah. They yeah. just, they see it, they believe it, now it's a part of how they perceive the world. So I don't know if that's what Jay is gonna end up finding with wisdom going viral the, in a similar vein of mm -hmm. like, because if, if you slightly tweak it, this he'll be able to do. I want to make wisdom embedded in pop culture. Mm. That you can do. Okay. Like, in fact, you and I share an absolute... I'm obsessed. I want to believe you're obsessed because I need company in this. Uh -huh. The movie, the new Spider-Man, Welcome, Enter the Spider-Verse, which yes. is coming out in December, oh, yeah, man. which, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, um, but they reveal this in the trailer. Yeah is that Spider-Man is dead, uh -huh. and you've got um, Miles Morales, who in the comics is an alternate um, version of Peter Parker. The way that they've made um, superheroes, they've embedded it in pop culture, like it, it feels like Spider-Man meets hip-hop. Yes. Like the sure. way that they feature Nike shoes, it's a cartoon. For, yeah, and the way exactly. that they feature Nike shoes and shoot it in like this ultra fucking hip, almost music yeah. video way, it looks so good. I'm literally, I, I don't like things that make me want the future to come faster than it already is. And that movie makes me want December and, so oh badly. And I was so disappointed when I saw that it was coming out in December. You and me both. I was like, wait, what? Because, you know, I still, you know, I come from booking music. And the last uh, show that I worked for where I was booking music it was mostly hip hop. So I still, by trade, read a lot of the hip hop blogs. And very rarely do they talk about movies, comics. I mean, let me rephrase that. They talk about movies and comics, but... Very rarely do they do a deep dive mm. into it if it's not resonating with the hip hop culture. Right. Just you know, rightly so. Mention it, but yeah, right, rightly so. And I didn't even know about uh, that. I didn't even know the movie was coming. It actually went over my head, but I learned through the hip hop blogs because I, I always take time in the morning and I go through several of them, and they all were going nuts over it. Every single one of those blogs. So hands down, it definitely is geared towards uh, you know that culture. And uh, man, I I've never been more pumped for a cartoon to come. But I was so disappointed when I saw it was December. It's like, yeah. December? I, I saw it and I figured, I was like, oh, this is going to be right. uh, summer. But hey, man, but that's smart. December is the right time to do it, especially for something animated. That is for sure. It'll be that interesting. Is. But so if Jay can do that, if he can find a way to embed wisdom in pop culture in a way that like hip-hop blogs are now talking about Spider-Man, if yeah. he can get hip-hop blogs talking about like the Bhagavad wisdom, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> then it's like, okay, yeah. you've, you've done it, right? Yeah. And so there have been a lot of brands that have co-opted um, pop culture, especially hip-hop, which really lends itself to this because you can mention it. Like, think about, I forget whose song it is, but he says, oh, it's um, ASAP Ferg, uh -huh. Turno for the oh, Watch, yeah. right? Yeah. And I thought, 
man, let me tell you, 10 years ago, Turno was expensive, but it wasn't cool. <laughs> like, this motherfucker's making it cool in a single line, <laughs> in a single song. And it's like, if he's smart, Turno paid him to say that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, hey, but that's how you co-opt it, right? That's yeah. how you uh, bring alcohol into the forefront. You, yeah. you rap about it. You make it associated with something. So can you associate wisdom huh. with something blingy, right? It's yeah. like... And it can be done. It's mm -hmm. not going to be easy because yeah. he's going to have to have a financial vehicle behind him. Like, how do you financially incentivize wisdom? Yeah, that's that's. You know, I mean, literally, that's uh, the, that's the trick. It's kind of tough. And when you further explain the neuroscience behind why people uh, like, uh, you know, sensationalism or when things bleed and lead, um, it creates that challenge hearing it. And it, it worried me for a second. But your solution already, or just your ideas already just relax me it's insane because I mean, when you're up against uh, neurochemistry i could imagine it's a trick <laughs> it, it is and i mean look i, I don't want to derail on this but we just um interviewed brian johnson oh, today yes. the man behind kernel which is about deep brain stimulation and and augmenting humans that that's going to get pretty interesting really really fast but he talks about like where we're going from uh the the companies that are um getting data out of us by managing our neurochemistry, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all that, um, the way they're going to leverage that in the future gets more and more terrifying by the day. Um, so yeah, hopefully someone like Jay can really figure out how to, to begin to co-opt culture, pop culture in a way where wisdom is the thing that we're spreading rather than just our more base instincts. Well, another, uh, you know, before moving on, another great solution uh, is what we're doing here at Impact Theory, have an impact house, having very influential people come through here with the meeting, meetings of the minds. Mm. Uh, so someone like Brian Johnson, someone like you, someone like Jay Shetty, that could be a very, very lethal combo. I Dude, mean, no question. Lethal by... All means, we but. we really need to have like a big summer kickoff party where we invite yeah. all these people. Yeah, like that that would be sick. Exactly. Um, so uh, Jay said he always uh, valued thrill growing up. I was surprised by that. Yeah, it, it was funny. You know, initially when he was talking about, it, I remember being like, "That's surprising. He just doesn't fit the type." But at the same time, it kind of made sense when I wrapped my mind around it because I started thinking of people that I know uh, who were thrill seekers. Um, most and I'll speak for the people that I know. Most people I know who were uh, thrill-seekers growing up tried everything new. You know what I mean? Um, the ones who went deep and heavy on drugs, which still surprises me, they were also the ones who would go off and try to be a monk. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah, which was weird. You know, I, 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 I can think of a couple friends of mine who tried everything. And I mean everything. They just had this curiosity. Hmm. So that's what I attributed it to with him. When he first started talking about it, I was like, wait a minute, what? He's a thrill seeker. That makes, that makes no sense. But here he is uh, coming back with this wisdom that he learned from being a monk. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on thrill seeking, trying something new. Uh, what's your take on him being a thrill seeker and going and becoming a monk? Do you think there's a correlation? Man, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. In my life and in my experience, absolutely, totally unrelated. Okay. And it, it strikes me as so bizarre that he did that, that I think of people that are thrill seekers as looking for adrenaline, not just novelty. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe that's just a, a wrong preconceived notion on my part and I have a blind spot and I don't see something that's just fundamentally true to the human condition. That is very possible. Um, in my world, because I'm not a thrill seeker, but I hunger for novelty. Mm -hmm. I love change obsessively. So 
that is, it was funny. Oh God. I don't remember what got me thinking about this today, but earlier today I was thinking about, um, oh, it was when I was rewatching the episode and Jay was talking about, you know, life going up and down. And I was thinking how I don't respond like that emotionally, like in the most, like what from the outside, everybody just thinks I'm going to be devastated. And it's like, oh my God, your world's imploding. And I'm like, what? Like I, (laughs) that's not how I experience it because I know that you can always get back on track. I know that like, your your life ends up being the narrative that you tell yourself. So if you start freaking out and saying, oh, this is an implosion and things are going so wrong, then all of a sudden it feels that big and that grand. Yeah. If, on the other hand, you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't expect this change, but I fucking love change. This is going to be amazing. In fact, I remember the last time something really gnarly shook down in my life, and my first thought was, whoa, tomorrow's going to be so different than today. And I was just excited for like, whoa, that's going to be kind of cool. So yeah, that, that, like, that's how I see that. Um, so being a thrill seeker to me does not seem inherently tied to novelty, which is what it seemed like he pursued being a monk for was novelty, new experience, something fresh. And so, yeah, I was, I was very surprised. Hmm. So also Jay talked about uh, being trapped and worried about what his parents thought of him growing up. Um, I don't think it's a common denominator uh, among successful people at all, but I feel like several of our guests who've come through, when I use successful, I use that loosely. I mean, discovering something about yourself, getting yourself to a point of enlightenment, getting yourself to a point of, you know, even, um, you know, succeeding in business, whatever. But most of the people that we come through here have some type of knowledge to pass on. That's why we bring them on. But I've heard that several times about being worried about what their parents thought coming up. What do you think that is about people or humans in general? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a humans in general thing. I think that it is a necessary part of our evolution that we cared about what the group thought so that we could stay in group. Um, and, And that's on the negative side. I think there's another reason to care about what people think, which is to understand how to lead them, how to be the alpha, how to be in charge. If you're disconnected from the group, and I think people immediately go to ruling by fear, Mm -hmm. which is probably not the least effective way to rule, but one of the least interesting. Mm -hmm. Like if you are powerful and People, like, think about two scenarios. One, the person is fucking powerful and they're really good, but they rule by fear. And so you want them to win whenever you would lose if they lose. But Mm. the second that they can lose and it's neutral to you or maybe only a little bit bad, that you then want them to lose. And I remember um, hearing a story, and I won't tell names, but this is a company people fucking know. (laughs) Um, And I was talking to one of the, the founders of it, and it was a very famous implosion. And because they work with like a lot of famous people and stuff, it was okay. like just super, super visible. And um, they were, he was saying that the person who was like the top dog, that what the reason this person imploded was because he was a dick mm-hmm. and he was just mean to everybody, but he was so on fire in his career that like people just did what he want, did what he want, did what he want. <laughs> and then it got to the point where, where he showed a little bit of weakness. Things didn't go right. One of his projects failed and people ate him alive. Wow. And he said, he, um, the guy that I know, said that people turned on him even when they were financially disincentivized to turn on him Whoa. because they hated him so much. So I, I think one of the reasons it's so important to 
think about what other people think, to care about what they think and feel, is you can be powerful, good at your job, and be empathetic, connected, yeah. like want people to win. But to do that, you have to actually understand them. And so like today, I struggle with, so today, in fact, I'm gonna take a second to say this. We've now had two guests in a row that have come in um, to film and like the first words out of their mouth to me are, your team is amazing. Um, I, I do media all over and nobody runs a tight ship like you guys. Like they're kind, they're courteous. It's so well organized. You're a well-oiled machine and, and I'm getting the praise and I make sure that they know that is not me. That is not a reflection of me. That is a reflection of Christopher, Courtney, Lisa, and the rest of the team. And I have been the biggest impediment to that because I care about the fucking interview and I want the interview to go well. And if I have to drag them into deep waters, keep them for two hours longer, I will do whatever the fuck it takes. <laughs> I am getting a good interview. And that has, that has caused consternation with you guys because you're very guest protective to make sure that we protect the integrity of the show. Smart, right? And so yeah. I've totally gone, I hear you and I'm gonna back off and, and make sure you've got the right answer so we're gonna lead with that. And so it's just... I mean, that's mad kudos to you guys and, and everything that you do. Sadly, I forget why I started that. You're talking um, about uh, caring what people think on your staff. Yeah, yeah, so just really, really important to take those moments because I struggle. This is where I was going. I struggle with um, not wanting to be the center of attention, not wanting to act like, oh, we're all following my lead. But at the same time, I was like, I need everyone. It needs to come from me, the mm -hmm. praise that you guys hear. Like, you're fucking smashing it. And so... When you're in touch with people, very good things come. So there's a dark side and caring about what people think is also uber toxic. And, you know, oftentimes I will tell people, you got to stop worrying about what other people think. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those whole two comp competing ideas. Sometimes you really have to care deeply about what other people think. And then other times you have to be able to say, fuck it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an excellent answer. Um, so Jay was talking about uh, getting what you, you know, I'm paraphrasing this, uh, but you have to fast forward. 10 years in your life to ask uh, if you're going in the direction to get what you want, right? And it's in the intro, in fact. And he asked this question after seeing many of his older friends with a lack of purpose and fulfillment. So he was able to uh, study the people around him because he says, oh, a lot of people I know are older than me are my friends. Um, so he took that and with that decided he wanted to fast forward 10 years and see himself and wonder uh, if he's going to get to a place of purpose and fulfillment and what he needs to do now to get there. I thought that was interesting because, for one, I feel like it's hard to foresee the future. I, I, don't, I don't know, just in general. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a planner, but I, I don't go by fate, you know what I mean? But I found that interesting from someone who was a monk, you know what I mean, to actually have the insight to look forward and change his life now to, to get to where he was going or get to where he wants to be. Uh, what's your thoughts on that notion? What I loved about what Jay was talking about in terms of purpose, the way that he talks about it's the hands are your purpose. Yes, it's when yeah. you start doing for other people that you really tap into your purpose and that there is no purpose without becoming the hand, taking the action, doing something to serve other people. And Oh, man, I know that he's going to say that that's like in the, um, is it the Bhagavad Gita? Is that yes, how you say it? Yes, yes, yeah. <sighs> I, I really I feel like I'm messing that up, it. but um, that he's going to say it's in that book. It's been talked about for, you know, 5,000 years yeah. or whatever. But this feels really contemporary for me because it was not on my radar growing up. 
I did not think about helping other people and at all. At, literally at all. Really? That's, at, that's crazy. From, from a mission that. perspective, that's 100%. Wow. So growing up, I wanted to be rich. Rich. I didn't think about wealthy. I didn't think about helping other people. I wanted to be rich. And I had to learn the brutally soul-sucking, life-crushing lesson of there's no fulfillment without helping other people. Mm. And that's, that was how I ended up in the trap of money can't buy happiness because I just wanted to get rich. And so I was just doing anything and everything that I could to get rich. And I wasn't thinking about other people. I wasn't thinking about connection. Like even, even if you want to make it, and I actually think it is helping other people is deeply selfish. Mm. Great. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. No problem. Like that's, Nature incentivizes at a neurochemical level. It incentivizes things that are more likely to see you live on, to have kids, to have kids. So if it uses pleasure for acting in accordance with the group and make sure you're looking after other people and helping them and all that, great, I'll take it. So even though I'm trying to maximize my own fulfillment by helping other people, it works and it feels good and it's amazing to connect. Like just the other day, one of our own team here was having a really um, hard time at home wanted to talk. And I was like, this is not going to move the business forward one iota, but I like this person and I want to help. Was it me? <laughs> it was <laughs> not you. And, but I feel that way about everybody here. Right. And, yeah. and that's one of the most beautiful parts about being a human is like that moment where you just say, it doesn't matter. Like, I just want to help this person. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be there for them in a way that I would want them to be there for me and having people that you can lean on. And so at the end, this person like shook my hand and I was like, give me a hug. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's, let's not pretend this wasn't a human moment. This yeah. was, this wasn't about me as your employer and you thinking that I have some real answer. This was just about human connection. You needed someone to connect with. You needed to know that, that I'm here for you as a person, as much as a leader, right? So for a second, like, let's both set our man mantles down and just be people, right? And so, and that's, the fucking juice. So when Jay's talking about, like you find that purpose in, and I like his, so I'm gonna beat it to death, this notion of using your hand, right? Mm -hmm. It was your head, your heart, heart and your hands. Yeah. And I'd never mm -hmm. heard it explained that way and I really liked it. So that when you get active actually helping people, like that's the only time you'll tap into your purpose. I love that. Um, so we're short on time here, but I wanted to get to a couple things. Uh, Speed so round. A couple uh, rapid fires. Yes. Here we go. So the three E's he has also. He has a, a list of threes and fours, and I love that. You know what I mean? He, you know, it's that list that makes you remember things. Uh, his three E's is element, environment, and energy, which I absolutely love. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I liked it. And the way that each one feeds into the other, um, I thought was really, really great. And anybody that hasn't watched the episode, go back and watch it. I, I will... Um, muddle how each one feeds into the next. It's worth hearing him say it for himself. But yeah, I, I thought his, his concept of threes is really fresh and I thought totally on the money. For sure. Uh, on relationships, I loved what he said about this because I actually had the foresight to, to feel this before getting into my marriage. And I feel like uh, many of us, even talking to a lot of my friends, don't find happiness in their relationship or don't even find the right person and they end up breaking up because uh, they fall to these trappings. He said, we all have a list for what we want, but not what we want to become. Oh, that's so good. I, I thought he hit that on the head. That is so good. That's, that's fucking insightful. That one thing is worth the price of admission. 
That's for damn sure. And then uh, one more. So uh, Jay's and really fast. Let's go back to that. So okay. T- Tucker Max talked about this as well, and I thought it was equally right. powerful. That's who it was. I was it. trying to remember. I was like, who else talked about this? He said, if you want to find like your ideal person, start asking who would I have to become mm-hmm. in order to attract that person. And he was like, when you shift that, it's not about like um, being suave and like yeah. you know capturing them if you will it's about really being a person that they would be into like being that person not putting on the affectations of that person actually being that person so i think jay is way on the money there like spending your time thinking about who you need to become mapping that out and really thinking about that the way that you think about your significant other that's that's money and i also feel like it's transferable throughout life agreed all right, I think we have time for one really short thing. He's <laughs> like, no, no, you do not. All right, rapid fire it. Give it to me. I'm gonna give it to you fast. Okay, Jay's model to unlock and passion and intersect of four questions. What am I good at? What do I love? What does the world need? And what do I do to get paid for it? Yeah, he's. It's really cool. He's actually got an awesome piece of content online where he shows how these things overlap and how you ask oh, these really? questions and figure okay. this out. Definitely worth looking that up because it's it is cash money in terms of figuring out um, that how you make your dream a reality, meaning how do you get paid to do something you love? So to use Tony Hawk's definition of success, it's getting paid to do what you love, not necessarily getting rich at what you love. It's getting paid to do what you love. And Jay breaks it down amazingly. Look it up. All right. We're getting the flags over here. People telling us that we got to go. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of After Impact. Talking about our boy Jay Shetty. Amazing. If you haven't already watched that episode, and if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys. Thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.